Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Then I, John, verse 2, saw the holy city, notice the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's a holy city. Jerusalem, the the old Jerusalem, the one that's in the Middle East right now, or the Near East, that hasn't been called by God holy. Thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Today we learn more about the holy city. The terms holy and new distinguish this city. Because it is holy and new, it is different from any other earthly city. The name Jerusalem gives it continuity with earth, especially with the place of our redemption. It is significant that this glorious dwelling place of God and his people is described as the holy city. Cities are places with many people and people interacting with each other. This isn't isolation, but a perfect community of the people of God. Now let's join Pastor Rob. Believe on him whom God has sent, Jesus Christ. It's a big mystery. It's a big secret. He's done it all for you. So stop trying to work it out. Stop trying to make it happen. Just let him do it. To me, one of the greatest thrills of my life is realizing that I can't, I can't muster this up in myself. I've got to let him do it. And there's such a wonderful freedom and a joy and a release when you just finally just say, you know what, Lord, I just want to spend time with you and read his word and worship him and love him and be in fellowship with others. And he does all the work for you. He does all the work in you. All you've got to do is show up and love him. It's really kind of crazy. It goes against everything we believe in America. In America, you gotta, you gotta work hard. You gotta work for every single thing you get. And if you work hard, you're gonna be successful. Thank God for America. May God restore it. May God restore her. But the Lord loves you, and He's gonna make all things new. Let's look at the very, let's read through actually the first eight verses, because I'm sure that's as far as we're gonna get today. Notice John says, now this is after the great white throne judgment, after death and hell and everything else, the Satan and all those who have rejected Christ for all of eternity are going to be cast into the lake of fire. And nobody likes to talk about that, but that's the truth, folks. And sometimes the truth hurts. I would rather tell you the truth than to lie to you and say, oh, it's just going to be all pie in the sky. You can just, you know, continue in your adultery, continue in your fornication. It's okay. God loves you anyway. He does love you, but he will not receive you unless you repent of your sin. 
Notice verse 1. John says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And I love this. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall never be, there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. We are currently living in those former things, but these former things will pass away. And then verse 5, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. And he said, verse 6, It is done. Does that sound familiar? He said it when he was on the cross, and now he says it again. I'm done. It is done. The new Jerusalem, the new heavens, at this point in time, it's going to be done. It is done, he says, and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts, and he who overcomes shall inherit all things, not just some things, all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That includes you too, ladies. But the cowardly, notice, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That is the eternal state for the unbeliever, the lake of fire. Very different from our destiny. So let's go back to verse 1. It says, Now I saw heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Also there was no more sea. God is going to create all things new. And, and we will see that right before the great white throne judgment, if you just glance over in chapter 20, there in verse 11, what does it say? It says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face, what? The earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. So this current heavens... And this current earth, the stars and the moon and the, and the sun, we believe, and there's some conjecture here, but all things are going to be created new. He's either going to purify them and renew them, re, you know, whatever, or he's going to be making brand new. And I think that's what he's going to do. Are you looking forward to this new heaven and new earth? I'm looking forward to it. The curse will be removed. You and I live in a cursed world. Isn't it wonderful to think that you know, when you go to Colorado or when you go down to southwest Florida and you see the sunset, or when you go out to the Rockies out in Colorado and you look and you see the, the mountains, the snow-capped mountains and the wind just rushing and you can see the snow just whirling off the top of that, those mountains and you see the animal kingdom and all the beautiful things, that is still a fallen world that we live in. But a new heavens and a new earth where the curse is completely removed, there's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more death. Our relationship to things are going to be so much different. You're going to be able to go up to a bobcat and scratch him behind the ears. And he can curl up on your lap and put your legs to sleep as he, as he curls up on your lap in front of the fireplace while you're scratching his, 
Maybe when you're in southwest Florida, maybe you'll be able to mount, maybe the children will be able to mount the great white sharks. Put a lasso around them and, and you know, who knows. But the, everything is going to be completely different. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. I don't know about you, but this, this year I've cried more than I have in my whole life. In fact, in the last few months I've cried more than I've cried in my whole life. For the things that are happening in our country, the things that are happening in the world, things that are happening in the church. Has your heart been broken? Mine has. I'm looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. And why would there need to be a new heavens and a new earth? Well, they've been defiled by Satan. This heaven, the, you know, the, the, the heavens and the earth, they've been defiled by Satan. Not the throne room where God dwells, but everything else. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what does the Bible say in Ephesians 2? It tells us that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the ruler of this world right now, but his power is going to be revoked shortly. I'm looking forward to that too. When that angel comes down from heaven and puts a chain on that old serpent, the serpent of old, the devil and Satan, and casts him into the abyss for a thousand years while we live for a thousand years in the millennium. I'm looking forward to that. We talked about that the last couple of weeks. But he's the prince of the power of the air. He's defiled heaven and earth. Remember in Job chapter 1, it says that there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. Wrong wrong slide yet. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Can you believe that? So Satan has access to heaven. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Oh, going fro to to and from on the earth, or to and fro upon the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. So it needs to be replaced. And this verse that we just looked at confirms that. But the Bible talks that there are three heavens. Three heavens. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, Paul said this. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. He's speaking of himself in the third person. He had a vision of heaven, of the third heaven. And there are three heavens. The first one is the one right above us, the clouds and the birds, this atmosphere that we have. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is where the abode of the planets and the stars, out in outer space, you might think. And far beyond where no telescope can even comprehend is the abode of God. And that's the place that Paul says, this is where I got an image of. I got a glimpse of heaven. I got a glimpse of heaven. And because God's abode cannot be defiled... Everything else under it is defiled. The very stars, the very heavens that are around us now, the the atmosphere has all been defiled by Satan. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter spoke to those and he said, Be sober, be be vigilant, (laughs) because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Do you ever feel like you've been devoured by the devil? I felt like that. He can't have my soul. And if you're a believer, he can't take you either. But he can make your life a mess. If you let him, 
He can ruin your testimony. He can ruin your witness. He can't take your salvation from you. But have you, have you felt like that? Have you felt like you've been devoured sometimes because of the things that you've allowed because of our laziness? I know I have. But I would encourage you to resist him. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Being a Christian is not easy. If somebody tells you that being a Christian is easy, they're, they're not telling you the truth. It is the most blessed place to be. It's great to be a Christian. Honestly, I would not want to be anything other. I didn't even know I was in a battle before I came to Christ. And then I realized, oh my goodness, there's a huge battle that I was completely dead to. I didn't, wasn't even aware of it. I was a casualty in the battle. I wasn't even aware of it. But resist him steadfast in the faith. I love that. That's what he's saying to you. Steadfast in the faith. That's who you are. That's who God wants you to be. Be steadfast in the faith. Be steadfast in the faith. Resist him, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And see, at some point, we looked at this in the tribulation period, which we were talking about weeks ago. Some point in during that tribulation period, specifically around Revelation chapter 12, the devil and the devil's angels, those who have followed him in his rebellion, were cast out of heaven. That is yet future to us today. There's going to come a point where God's going to say, you're no longer able to be in heaven in this area. You're not, you're not going to be able to approach my throne any longer. I'm booting you out and you're going, to, you're going down to the earth. And what does it say in Revelation 12? It says, a war broke out in heaven. This is verse 7 of chapter 12. War broke out in heaven. And again, as we're reading this, remember, it is yet future to us now. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, who was Satan. And the dragon and his angels, they fought, but they did not prevail, nor could they. But nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. And so the great dragon, who we already know as Satan, was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. These are the demons. And then down in verse 12, what does it say? Therefore, rejoice, O heavens. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, though. Why? For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. A short time. And that's why that period of time that we looked at, have been looking at, is so awful. The devil is going to be unleashed and his rage is going to be amazing. The deception, unlike anything ever we've ever seen. And that's what makes this whole new heavens and the new earth a lot sweeter to me. So notice it says in verse 1 here in our text, it says the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. We see this in the Old Testament prophets. In Isaiah 65 verse 7, what does Isaiah say? Writing some 700 years before Jesus was even incarnate in the Virgin Mary. What does it say? For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Isaiah prophesying of the time that we're looking at this morning. In Isaiah 62, verse 22, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain a permanence, an assurance of a new heavens and a new earth. And this current heavens and this current earth will be dissolved in fervent heat. What does Peter tell us in chapter 3, in verse 3? Know this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Have you met some of those? They might be people in your family. you got to be kidding. This sounds like a big Star Wars kind of thing. Beam me up. I mean, 
Or, you know, a Star Trek thing. Beam me up, Scotty. Is that really what's going to happen to you? Yeah, right. I, I believe it when I see it, right? Scoffers. Scoffers. Peter said, know this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. That's what we're living in right now, by the way. Walking according what? To their own lusts and saying, and here's what they're saying, and you've heard this too. Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. You thought that was an original idea? That thought that you've heard from somebody? Oh, they've been telling us he's coming for a long time. He hasn't come yet. You guys are a bunch, you're full of hot air. Has anybody told you that? I have. You're crazy. You're losing your mind. Praise the Lord. All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's what they say. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with the water. Remember the flood? It was flooded by water. God sent the rainbow afterwards. says, I make a promise. I won't do it by water ever again. The whole globe. I won't do it by water, but by fire, yes. Notice what he says. By which the world then existed, perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, and Peter's speaking of, he was speaking of this in the first century. He says, but the heavens and earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for what? Fire, until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. This current heavens and earth will dissolve. Notice what he goes on in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. If you're a scientist, pay attention. If you know enough about science and the nucleus of the atom... This will confound you and give you a great encouragement because the very power, the scientists call it the God particle, they don't understand how the nucleus can hold together because by all physics, everything should be blowing out. But something is holding that power at bay. Those molecules that make up this thing that we're seeing, that make up this microphone, that make up you and I. Those molecules are being held together by God's power. But he says, there's one day God's going to say, didn't he say, let there be heavens, let there be, let there be the earth, let there be all the creatures? Didn't he, didn't he say, let there be light, let there be man, let there be teeming fish in the oceans? Didn't he say all that? He's spoken into existence when there was nothing. He can do the same thing in reverse if he chooses to. And it sounds like he's going to. He says, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner, um, oh, I'm sorry, I got to back up. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, verse 11, since all these things will be dissolved, and here's the exhortation, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, he's speaking of Jesus, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, what are we looking for? We're looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. There it is. New heavens and the new earth. And notice back in our text in verse 1, we're not getting very far. That's okay. I'm not worried. Are you guys okay? (laughs) I'm really excited this morning. Thanks. But notice what it says at the end of that verse. And also there was no more sea. We know that even in the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand-year reign that we're going to reign with him, there'll be 
think the earth will be pretty much like it is now. There'll be some changes, but there'll still be bodies of water. But not in the new earth and the new heaven. Certainly in the new earth, there won't be any rivers. There'll be rivers, a river actually, but there'll be no other seas or oceans or lakes. There's only one body of water mentioned, and we'll see that, that it's the river of life. And because there'll be no more sea, there'll be a dramatic change in the weather and the climate. There'll be much more, a, a much more stable environment. Then I, John, verse 2, saw the holy city, notice the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's a holy city. Jerusalem, the the old Jerusalem, the one that's in the Middle East right now, or the Near East, that hasn't been called by God holy a lot. It has been called holy, but it's also been called something else. In Revelation 11, verse 8, what does it say? When it's speaking of these witnesses, these two witnesses that are going to be killed during the tribulation period that we were talking about, notice what it says in verse 8, And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was also crucified. Where's that? It's Jerusalem. And God likens it to Sodom and Gomorrah. He likens it to the world, Egypt, because that's what had happened. That's why God allowed the judgment of the temple. That's why he allowed his people to go into captivity because of their idolatry, because of their sin. He'd been talking to them for years and years and years, prophesying hundreds of years in advance, warning them, warning them, but they did not listen. Are you the type of person that's stubborn? Will you listen to God? A lot of people are. They just dig their heels in. I remember seeing a lady... Uh, taking a dog for a walk, and the dog didn't want to go. And it was a pretty big dog. And the dog just put out its legs like that, you know, the for, the forward legs and the backward legs, and she's trying to pull him, and then, you know, the, the ring is going over his neck like this. She's, you know, she's got her earbuds in, you know, trying to pull the dog. He's not going anywhere. Stubborn. We're like that. And so the holy city, the new Jerusalem, is coming down out of heaven, notice, prepared as a bride. How beautiful it's going to be. We're going to see a description of it. It's going to blow your socks off. It's going to knock your socks off. And John tries to describe it for us in the text that we're going to look at next week. He tries to describe it in terms in, in, in terms that can be understood, but he's having a hard time because it's so gorgeous. It's like this. It's like that. Hasn't that been the case with us so far? As he talks about things that are in heaven, it's, it's sort of like this. It's kind of like this. It's like this. Because it's hard to describe the beauty of what God has prepared for those who love him. A place that God has promised for us. It's going to come down out of heaven from God. It seems that this new Jerusalem has already been built, perhaps, or in the process of being built Remember what it says in John chapter 14? What did Jesus say that night that he was taken after the the Last Supper? What did he tell his disciples? What did he tell Peter? He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And when you see the dimensions of this new Jerusalem that are laid out for us next week, your jaw is going to drop. And that is a hook to get you to come and listen. 
It's amazing how big this place is. There's going to be plenty of room. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.